Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Monday, November 18th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 341 featuring former Celtic Tony Allen is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Welcome into a very special Celtics beat with an incredibly special guest as well. We're going to bring him in in just a moment, but first... Kemba the drive. Marcus Smart wants it. Final second. Smart drives to the game. Oh! Thought it was going in. I think everybody thought it was going in and it just rolled out. And You know, it's one of those games. Definitely going on a win streak like that builds confidence, but it's a long season, man. You got to continue to win games and improve as you continue to win games, no matter what in whatever circumstance. Um, so, to me, 10-game winning streak is great, but at the same time, it's a long season, and we got to continue to stay the course and try to be consistent as possible. That's right. Unfortunately, Boston's 10-game winning streak now over. You heard from Marcus Smart and then Jalen Brown there. The Seas still lead the East. They're 10-2 and heading into tonight's game in Phoenix against old friend Aaron Baines and the upstart Suns. Normally, we'd talk maybe a little bit about Baines and how well he's playing, everything like that, how much we miss him in green, but we're going to talk about the Celts' early season success, take a trip down memory lane, and answer some of your questions with our guest, the grindfather, Tony Allen. 14 years in the NBA, all started in Boston, drafted back in 04, retired in 18, solid career, definitely a fan favorite around these parts. What's up, man? How are you? Oh, man, everything's going well right now. Uh, just hanging out with the fam, taking advantage of that time, enjoying retirement. What are you up to now, other than obviously hanging with the family, which I know can be a full-time job in and of itself? Oh, man, just trying to figure it out in this sports radio world. Uh, trying to just take my take my career to a you know a Tony Allen basketball level in the sports world, and uh, just taking it one day at a time. I'm going to put you on the spot right from the start here. Six years in Boston, yes, seven in Memphis, title with the Celtics, but personally, you had your best years with the Grizzlies. So, which team do you most associate yourself with? Well, I kind of it's kind of even. Uh, I keep it tune with all the guys from the championship 2018. Guys like Paul. Ticket, Rondo, Perk, uh, Eddie House, you know, those those guys, you know, you never you never lose connection with those guys. Uh obviously coming to Memphis, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, get out of the, the big three shadow and, you know, pretty much get some notoriety on uh Tony Allen name with the defense uh that I was loved to play throughout my career. But I have to say I like I mean they it, it's, it's about even. I keep it tune with everybody. I love. I love both places. Love. I love Memphis. I still live here, and uh, the memories I never go away from what I build in Boston. How often are you guys on that text thread? You and uh, the guys from the championship run. Uh, it's always a group text uh, with Doc. Just the other day, Doc just sent a, a real inspirational message through uh, group text. You know. Uh, and we just it's a family man it's just one of those things when you know you set front to do something early you execute the plan and winning the championship that bond that brotherhood uh i just think it never gets old man it grows and stays stronger because you know that that, that camaraderie you guys had i mean the camaraderie we had actually in winning the championship 
Has Paul figured out how to text an emoji yet? <laughs> yeah, man. It'd be some funny. It'd be some funny little he's and ha-has in the group text, but most <laughs> importantly, man, I'm just I'm just happy we keep in tune, man. We still buddies, man. Obviously, and I mean, I was going to hit this eventually, but since you rattled off some of the names of the guys in that text, one obvious one that I didn't hear, that's Ray Allen. Is that still a thing? Yeah, Ray, actually, you know, uh, my family, my wife and kids, uh, you know, Ray and those guys have a, um, a house in Miami. You know, he still lives in Miami. And uh, my family, they took a they took a quick trip down there for like the, this past weekend, I believe. And uh, they still keep it tuned, man. That's good. How about you, though? Are, are you in touch with him at all? Yes, yes. He uh, he actually. I'm waiting on a, uh, a a jersey with his name in it. I'm not, I haven't decided which uh, jersey I'm gonna get. I, I wanted the Boston Celtics one, but if he got the championship Miami Heat, I wouldn't be mad at that one. <laughs> So, I, don't, I think a lot of fans around here wouldn't be too happy with that one, right? Yeah, they wouldn't be happy. But, you know, hey, man, Ray's a Hall of Famer, man, good friend. I, mean, I was happy for him when he went over there and got his got his other rings. And, man, you know, can't forget the Boston Celtics one. But, hey, man, Ray Allen is a Hall of Fame. I don't think nobody would be too mad for in, to get one of those jerseys. Have uh, have the other guys, I know some of them have talked about it in, in recent years. I've had Perk on the show, talked to him uh, quite a bit about, a well, a bunch of stuff, but Ray as, as well. I know he and Paul have mended fences. It, it just seems to be the that divide, or at least that reported divide, between, you know, Ray and, and KG. Have have they settled up? Are they, are they, you know, back on speaking terms and everything? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they called you, but far speaking every day, I'm not sure. Yeah, but what I what I do know is, <laughs> I mean, man, we the time that we went to put our focus on winning the championship, we executed and did that. Hey, man, we we too far in life, man, to to keep holding on to some old. So I'm looking forward to seeing those guys talk if they haven't already. So when's that big reunion with all with all you guys going to happen? I know there were talks. Rondo was trying to get a ten year reunion together at, last year and. And it uh, it didn't pan out, you know, for one reason or another. Are we going to see all that uh, come together at some point? You know, I'm looking forward to it, man. I would love to see those great faces, man. It's like Scott Pollard, no guys. Yeah. Forget about Scott Pollard, uh, PJ Brown, Glenn Davis. You know, a lot of those guys, man. Those guys was was good good guys in the locker room, man. I just had, just talking about it now. I could think about our funny little moments and. At the practice table, you know, in practice, and just that whole little run, man. We set uh, the tone of winning the championship, man, out there in Rome, man. I would love for a 10 year trust. It's probably more than 10 years now. Yeah. We might have to do a 15. <laughs> you have any good stories from, from either back in that season winning the title or, or in the other years that you were here? Because obviously, like we said, you know, here for six years, just, you know, there have been so many stories from, from that run and that group. But I don't know. There's, there's got to be something really good from behind the scenes that, that you can let us in on that hasn't been told 50 times already. Well, I, I'm. Well, I give you a story about Paul. I give you a story about Paul. Okay. Uh, just how how, we, how competitive he was, you know, for him to be the, you know, the maxed out guy of the star, the, you know, our face for the, you know, for the organization. Uh, he he kind of gravitated to it. Well, not gravitated. He he pretty much picked me to be his. Um, what would you say? Uh, I don't know. Whooping kid or whatever. Cause I was a rookie. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, it was like one of those things, like a big brother kind of thing. And, you know, every time I would come in the gym, you know, I would be on the green team. The green team is the second unit, and the um, team that have on the white color jersey, they 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 the stars. So it was, it was always a competitive thing going on. And I, every time I get on the court, Paul would always know that I would be sticking them right. So he would try to speak in third person when he come on the court. He asked the he asked the whole team like, "Yo, anybody know who got Paul Pierce today?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be laughing like, "Man, you know I, I got you. It's about to be a great a great battle." And he tell me right in my face like, "Ta, there's only three things that's gonna happen right now. 
and me being a rookie, I'm feeding it to it like what? He said, I'm going to either score, get fouled, or get an assist. <laughs> and I said, I said, ain't this about something, man? And as a rookie, man, you know, it, it was like kind of like a threat. And then you have to be the one to stop him and coaches getting on you. And Oh, man, I, it just it was a funny moment that every time he saw me, he would say that, though. Since you mentioned Paul, i got to ask you about this. I'm sure you saw it or at least heard about it. So back in June, he was doing, I think it was finals coverage with, you know, ABC, ESPN, whatever. And he jokingly confessed on TV that when he was taken off the floor in that wheelchair that we all remember and, and talk about, it, it was because he had to go to the bathroom. So for years, right, you know, right. pe- people have joked that the man pooped himself. And then he says this, it blows up on social media, even right down to people dissecting the old video. And there's this shot of you because you're one of the guys that's carrying him off the floor. And you just yeah, look absolutely yeah. disgusted. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, it's if I smell something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, man. Uh, well, actually, man, as I'm replaying that moment back in my head, I think – I was so excited about us being, you know, in that environment as far as the finals. Like I was, I was kind of like shocked. I'm like, yo, if 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 Paul doesn't get up, this is our championship here. And I, all I can remember is just carrying him, making sure he was all right. But when I got the news, I was kind of shocked myself, to be honest. <laughs> I was kind of shocked myself, and uh, I kind of, I kind of got on, give him a hard time, you know, uh, today. But I didn't. I was obviously like one of the only ones who didn't know what was going on, and I was trying to get him back to the back so he, they could do whatever they had to do to him to get back in the game. But I don't know. I felt that like everybody else. Well, it sounds like all they had to do was get him back into the game was change his shorts. <laughs> yeah, now that you look back at it, but man, at that time, adrenaline pumping, games going, you know, crowd hollering, you know, you just, you just, you thinking. I was thinking honestly, I was thinking that I was about to get in the game, and they was about to, you know, win the game through me, but that didn't happen. What? <laughs> so. what listen, you were a big part of a, a whole bunch of wins, but what? What's that like? I was in the building that night, and you know, I'm just there in the stands, obviously having the time of my life. But what's that like right. as a player when, you know, guy gets wheeled off the floor and then what, two minutes if that later, comes running out, the place just thunderous applause, it's going crazy, NBA finals. What was that what was that moment like as, you know, for you and and immediate you know, instantly for a moment thinking, This is our championship run, like you said, and then he's back and it's oh my god, we're right back, we're on track. Yeah, and when and that moment he came back. I was so excited. All I could remember, him hitting me upside my chest or something. He either hit my chest, my arm, or my head or something. I can't remember, but he got my attention. It was like, let's go. And I looked back up, and it was like, I can't even front. It was like Superman coming through here because he hit those five threes. I think it was three or four threes. I'm not sure, man, to, 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 to get us through. And, I mean, he, he didn't hit those big shots. All I was saying was he just got a load off his body, you know. It's, he, he got, got a load, he got off, a load off, all right. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So, so he, he he was a little lighter on his feet, and I think you know that's that's what put us in the position to get the win, man. When when you guys yeah. uh, when you guys are on that text thread after he said that, you know, again a few months back, whatever it was, how many poop emojis did you guys start to send each other with him just receiving those oh, things? Oh man, oh man, it was going down. Group text, everybody had he ha ha. So <laughs> it was fun, man. I mean. Uh, Paul can't complain, man. He got a ring at him. Yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah. There was this story at one point about some of you guys on that team putting boxing gloves on and, and duking it out before practice. Oh, Rondo and Ray yeah, going at it. Tell, yeah. tell me that story. How'd that come about? Well, well, you know, obviously, we got a we had a locker room full of individuals who was very opinionated. I mean, all the guys, you know, let their opinion out in, in film. Uh, in practice, uh, even guys would agree or disagree about how we should, 
you know, do the pick and roll when, you know, when and Doc would give us suggestions and we in game changes and all that, whatever. And we practice and we practice amongst each other like we are the opponents of the other upcoming teams. So sometimes tempers flare, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it was Paul's idea. He was messing with uh, Patrick. Uh, what's, the, what's the what's the guy's name? Oh man, I'm giving you got me on the spot. Right one of the here, staffers. But, no, it was actually one of the players. It was a seven footer. I forgot his name. Was Patrick. Patrick something? I'll yeah, I'll figure it out. Give me a sec. I'll think you, of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, seven footer. He, he was with us for a short stint. But listen. Paul was arguing with him one day, and Paul told him, you know, hey, man, every time I come in here, man, you're the first one in the in the um, cafeteria, and I think you should be on the court first. Patrick O'Brien. Like, that's who it was. Patrick O'Brien. That's who it was. Yeah. Patrick O'Brien. So he told Patrick O'Brien that, and uh, Patrick O'Brien told him, come on, man, I'm, I'm eating my food. You know, they kind of had words. But – Paul had another idea. Paul said, you know what, man? Hey, man, we're going to have to get on Celtic time around here. And we we ain't going to be doing no throwing no real punches. But we can throw these gloves. And before you know it, I, the, the next, uh, I think it was the next day probably, Paul come back to the breakfast. He got gloves and everybody was excited. So we get into the uh, locker room, wait to tell everybody, got in the locker room, and uh, we had a weight room session, mandatory weight room session with everybody. And all I can remember is uh, Paul giving up the gloves, and I remember who I I chose. I chose Big Baby Davis to have a <laughs> boxing match with. So I figured, hey, I'm going to go with the biggest guy of them all. And uh, all I can remember is, you know, Glenn Baby knocking me out. Oh, <laughs> Really? Yeah, man, I tried to rush him and get me a few punches in, but all I remember is the glove hitting me, knocking me out. Uh, it was, and then Patrick, obviously Patrick and Paul, they had a little boxing match. Uh, Ray, uh, Rondo had a boxing match, and uh, I forgot, I forgot who else had a boxing match. But what was dang, that? That was, a, that was, I was just about to say that was one of the funniest practices we ever had. Like guys actually had a boxing match and was going at it. Right before we like chipped off practice, it was fun, man. We had some good moments, man. It's funny you, you even brought that up. I didn't think anybody talked about that. Oh, for sure. No, I, I mean, there. Like I said, there are just so many great stories from that time. You know, stuff that either people don't remember or that you know, who who knows what you guys have never even talked about that you're probably intelligently keeping behind the scenes. But what was the what was that relationship between Rondo and Ray like? I, I know all the reports, and and obviously that. You know, certainly by the end, things had gotten cold. But along the way, you know, as as you guys are are competing, trying to separate what's on the floor, what's off the floor, what what was that dynamic? Well, hey, um, I, I know you hear the reports, but me personally, I, I always thought their relationship was, for the most part, kept in house. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I was oblivious to everything. Like I thought Ray. And you know Rondo was just the best of friends. I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't know. Uh, but what I can say, they was they professionals. When they were around me, I, I, I mean, I saw a lot of assists go from Rondo to Ray. As we could rewind the clips, we all hmm. seen this. But as far as their personal relationship, I, I, I didn't know anything. I thought they was cool. I thought they were cordial. I thought they acted as professionals on the court. Now off the court, I just believe that's it. that's that's up to anybody. If they want to, you know, choose to stick to themselves, they that's what they need the right to do. But and nobody should just look at these guys and so they need to be buddy buddies. But if they if they can be cool in one room in one setting, I mean, hey, I don't think it should be a topic anymore. Ray did this interview the other day. I don't I don't remember who with at this point, but he said that. He was actually interested in re-signing with the Celtics back in 2016 if Boston had been able to land Kevin Durant. We all know, you know, he goes to the Warriors and what happened there. But, you know, do you think that would have been a nice way for for him to turn the perception around here since, you know, obviously it it took 
some of you guys, not necessarily you personally, but some of you guys on that team weren't up, you know, weren't happy about it when he left to to go play with LeBron in Miami, and and the fans took it to another level in terms of just the hate and vitriol and and the way he'd get booed when he came back when he still played. Do you think that that could have I don't know changed the perspective if if he had wound up coming back for for one more title run or at least attempt at it? Well, if he came back, you know, it's, we all look back and say, you know, hey, this would have probably been a better way. This probably been – at the end of the day, Ray Allen did what he wanted to do. He made up his mind. He won two champ, two extra championships after that. So it's like – it's like if Ray – look, I just, I just feel Ray is a well-mannered guy. I mean – had he came back, it would have been a success story. But what he went and did is like just a phenomenal uh, idea for him to just stay in uh, Miami. I mean, you look at the the way he won that ring. If it wasn't for him stepping back and hitting that three, yeah, they don't win. They don't win. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And who knows if Ticket Ray. Paul, Rondo, who's to say that they would beat them? We we never know, but I just think what he did was just a phenomenal decision for him to win that championship with another team. It also showed that, hey, I'm going to play the cards I'm dealt. I'm going to do it my way. And it was a great idea, man. And had he changed, we don't don't know. We just don't know. It's something we always think about. But to answer your question, it would have been great. But we just don't know what would have happened if had he came back. Do you guys still think about, you know, some of the, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, what-ifs of that era? Like, obviously, you know, what if Perk wasn't traded? What if, you know, Shaq and, and uh, Jermaine O'Neal both stayed healthy during that, that run in, in 2010? Obviously, Perk as well. You know, some of the injuries that, that took place that, I mean, you guys won a championship, and that is the pinnacle. That is what you aspire to, and, and no one will ever take it away from you. But do you guys ever look back at that era and say, man, came so close to a second. What if Ray had come back like you just talked about, and, and we could have extended that window? Is is there any of that, or are you guys just thrilled with obviously what you accomplished and, and you don't even let that creep into your mind? Oh, man, I, I, I would have to say, I would have to say, you know, the guys, all the guys that was on that 2008 Celtic team, I think the the groundwork we put in into going to Rome, having uh, what they call it, what they call it now, uh, what's that thing? I ain't been in the league so long. What they call it? Training camp. Right, right. Training, right, I'm sorry, training camp. <laughs> they, have, they have training camp. In Rome. So now let me tell you the story, and then yeah. just telling you this story can pretty much uh, answer your question. Okay. So we we all go to Rome. I'm coming into my second year in the league. I mean, my third year in the league. I've never been out the country. You know what I mean? At least this far, no way. But this is my first time being like in Rome and stuff like that. So I'm excited. So it means more to me. I, I mean, at this time of my life, I mean, we got Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, these guys are all on the same team. Who don't want that to work? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's but a dream come true. Guar- it's not guaranteed that it go, it's going to work. It's chemistry. It's, you got to have chemistry, and, it got, and, and somebody has to sacrifice. So that was that was the whole thing, like – Paul, Ray, and all those guys were like high 20 points, top five, top 10 scores in the league individually. So to see, I'm trying to figure out, it's like it's too much basketball for all these dominant scores. That's what I was thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. So what made me realize that this was going to work, All the whole starting five shaved their heads bald. Hmm. Like that to me, was the first sign of sacrifice and commitment to me, if you ask me. Because I'm like, yo, we just came down here. We got these great players, great roster behind it. Like, what are we going to do to to, to to show the brotherhood or to show each one of your brothers that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with you. 
Um, we are. We're gonna do this all together. And they had an African proverb uh, called this word called Ubuntu. Mm-hmm. And we had this guy from from I'm not sure what part of Nigeria he's from, but he um he came in and spoke to us and gave us some inspiration throughout the uh throughout the season, you know, whatever, whatever. And he came up with that word, and that word, if I'm not mistaken, Ubuntu means you know. I want to be better for my brother. So when in any in any doubt if my brother is down, I can lift him, and we could do the same thing. Each one lift one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we we used to we used to use that term as we play ball throughout each game. On both two, we 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 yell it out as a group. And the set stone, the setting stone, like I to let to secure. KG's mind and let him know, man, it ain't about nothing else but basketball. If you're going to do this, I'm going to do it. I'm right behind you. And I think that alone set the tone that the sacrifice was there. Like, Paul could easily just say, I'm going to shoot all the balls like I'm James Hart. But Allen could say, hey, I'm going to just shoot this shot every time and, and just see if I hit it. Tiggy could demand the ball in the post every time and just go to work. But what those guys did was, I think, going to Rome, I think they they just set it. They set the, the game plan down that, hey, man, we're going to do this, man. It's going to take everybody. It ain't going to just take one man. And to actually go through the year, to go through the, the, the teams that we went through, to get to the championship, a early LeBron, a vicious young LeBron, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. in Cleveland, uh, Joe Johnson in his prime, we almost lost that series, and I think they they will came from just training camp. It's just like we 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 went over what we need to do. We know who need to be the scorers. We know who need to be the defenders. We know who need to do everything, and we just hold everyone hold everyone accountable. Keep that one team, one goal mindset. And we'll win a championship, and that happened. It actually happened. I actually think that happened, and. I don't know, man. Just bringing that right up right now, man. It just it just give me a smile. My armpits mm-hmm. get to getting sweaty because <laughs> that feeling, that knowing that we laid the groundwork in, man. The second unit, giving the first unit game type defense, game type prep, uh, the coaching staffs, the training camp, like everybody, like that whole 2008, man. Um, I figure if, if Perk. Actually, in 2010, I don't mean to be going a little ahead of the question, but in 2010, you know if Perk don't even get hurt, I think we win two of them. I agree. Absolutely. I want to say that. I really want to say that, man, because Perk was kind of – he was like locking, locking Bynum up. He was, he was making it tough on Powell, clogging up the paint. I think that was a blow for us, and – um with that, within those two years, man, you know, injuries or whatever came through. But I, I, I mean, I, I love that group, man. Two thousand eight group. I love all those guys. Man. How much of you and and I'm going somewhere with this, but how much have you paid attention to the Celts you know, over the last couple of years? You know, since you know, like, toward the you know, kind of the twilight of your career into retirement. Uh, man, I, I, when I went to Memphis, I paid attention to them the whole time I was in Memphis for a second uh, for like the first three years or whatever just just wondering to see what they were going to do you know when they had Jason Terry Avery Bradley you know Marquise Daniels mm-hmm. like I was keeping in tune with them but I didn't I didn't, I didn't think they were going like make too much noise you know without me when I left <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah uh I kept in tune a little bit. I, I keep in tune with them more now than than I did before, though. Now that I'm not playing, I would say. So when Perk came on the show recently, he just, you know, we had a great chat like this, and, and he just, you know, went off on how embarrassed he was as a Celtic, as a champion, as a, a member of that Ubuntu era like you talked about, as someone who believes so strongly about chemistry and togetherness and what you guys achieved yeah. when you were all here. Embarrassed as a Celtic by... Kyrie Irving's behavior, his attitude during his short couple of years in Boston. 
were you? I mean, did did that resonate with you as well as as a guy that played here and won here? Uh, honestly, uh, I can't. I can't even front. Like it. It was kind of different. Look, knowing what I know that how it, those superstars, the great, that came through there and show how to you know be a. What I what can I say this? Uh, just know how to be the the, 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 the leader. You know what I mean? Just the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at our leader at the time. I can I can only just speak at around this 2008 time. But uh, you look at our leader at the time was Paul Pierce. You know, Paul Pierce was the kind of guy. You know, he 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 make it clear. Like, hey man, I play with my emotions on my sleeve. And this is what he'll tell you, the locker room. Like, hey, I play with the emotions on my sleeve. And he'll let us know, like, yo, I'm passionate about what I'm saying, so if I get on you, don't take it personal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think guys in the locker room had enough skin to know Paul play with his emotions on his sleeve. So when if if, if we out there BSing and, and we losing or whatever – Paul would let it be known, man. You know, I get, I gotta answer all those questions. I gotta, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm the one gonna take the hit for us when, when you know, things ain't going well. For I gotta answer all those questions. So with that, and with that respect being demanded, when Paul want us to play hard or if he need us diving on a loose ball or, or whatever the case may be, you know, we understood that because Paul sacrificed so much and so much was on his plate. You know what I mean? And I think the locker room itself embraced how he explained how he would act. You know what I mean? And I think when Kyrie was doing that, I think he should have probably just explained what's at stake. You know what I mean? Hey, it's a lot on my plate. Uh, they're expecting me to be the such, 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 and such. Just bear with me. I thought, I thought had he explained what he was going through and what's what, I think it probably would have flowed a little better and got out to the media a little understanding, you know what I mean? Because so, you got to figure, man, Kyrie left, Kyrie left a championship team to go to Boston. Mm-hmm. So they're expecting that same kind of play. But the only thing is they didn't have a LeBron to, 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 to compliment that, that, that talent. You see what I'm saying? And, sure. and it took, he, he had to take the initiative on his own, that load on his own to, to carry a team, to be the mental man for the team, to be, the heart and soul of the team, that takes a lot. And so sometimes it can get overwhelming for a, a superstar. And that's why I brought up Paul Pierce because I've I seen times when my, my boy Paul Pierce would get mad and be upset about either how he played or how we played. But he would explain to us, like, yo, I need a better effort. I ain't happy. Ooh, ooh, with what, what, how did the game went on or whatever, whatever. And um, it, it definitely – that it eased the locker room. I just think it eased the locker room. That's my point. It eased the locker room. If your superstar can explain his emotions and, and explain what's on, what's going through his mind, I think it'd have been better. But to answer that question, no, I was I was not happy with that little movement because I was looking at guys like like I say Paul Pierce, who who's actually been in that type of position. You know, when he had a young team, you know, and us, you know what I mean. And he would tell us in the locker room, I need you guys to play better. We need to be doing better. He, like, start with me. He would always put himself first, start with me. And so when a guy could actually just stand up in front of the locker room and say, hey, man, this is my fault. This is the reason why we lose and I need to be better. But I also need you guys to such, 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 such. It's just all about delivery and, how, and, 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 your, and your, your display. You know what I mean? Like, you, when you're saying this stuff, you want to be passionate about it, but you don't want to be going crazy calling people out their names and things of that nature. It's just delivery. And I th- and I just looked at it like, uh, Kyrie ain't really represented like some of the old leaders that, like, I want to call them old, don't mean to call them old, but sure. guys like Paul Pierce and, you know, Ticket, the way they carry themselves, you know, and it just wasn't, it just didn't look fashionable. One quick break. We'll get right back to Tony. want to tell you, though, today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Football season's close to entering its fourth quarter, so... 
Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partner, BetOnline.ag. You can sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner, every loser, straight bet, parlay, tease, whatever, all your way through the season. And you can even bet on wild prop bets, like who's going to win MVP? Looking like Lamar Jackson right now, maybe Russell Wilson. Will the Bengals ever win a game? Not looking like it. Playoff and Super Bowl odds? Those races, they're tightening up. So get the fastest to market odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partner, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back to the show. So with Kyrie, obviously, you know, the experience in Cleveland where he's kind of, you know, ignoring guys toward the end there and, and clearly wanted out. And then he goes to Boston, like we talked about, not much of a leader, elite talent. We know what he's able to do on the floor, but but not a leader, you know, not not a guy who's viewed as, as really good for the room. And, uh, you know, it promises to stay in Boston and then first it's somewhere along the line in that over the course of last season changes his mind. He's going to go home, as he put it, to – not Jersey, but Brooklyn, and it seems like that's kind of had a an up and down start. I, I'm just wondering, you know, what as as a guy who obviously is is so well respected, you know, during your time in the league and and so well connected as well. What's the perception of Kyrie around the league? Just just as a dude, is he just out there and and a little bit different, or is there more to it? Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you on a little bit different side. Uh, here's a guy who you, who has said the world is flat. <laughs> that's right so so now once somebody come out and say that you it, it lets you know hold on all right this guy right here might not be the sharpest knife in the draw but hey we could deal with him and uh when you know stuff like that he's weird you just gotta i mean hey they they, they pamper these kind of guys man they give them all this money right and he's the chosen one don't get that twisted he's yeah. definitely a talent so guys get this money, they get this this notoriety, they get put on this pedestal. So now he got to keep that up. So the fire in him, his competitive edge, it all boils in one. And it's sometimes, man, it, pressure busts pipes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was always told you never think out loud when you ain't right. You never want to know, let nobody know you're upset and that they get into you. Okay. Well, Kyrie needs to learn that aspect of it. Don't think out loud. When you're upset, you know, he just got to learn that. And he played with his emotions on the sleeve. He's a very emotional player. You could tell. He's always pout. Sometimes when he's missing shots, he pout. And here's a guy that's probably striving to be the best point guard ever talked about. You don't know what type of goals he set for himself that he probably – didn't fulfill. He probably upset that. You know what I mean? We got to find the understand the person first before we just come to our own perception of them. So I just think if I would have to say anything, it would be, yeah, a lot of people might think he weird, but hey, a lot of people might think I'm weird <laughs> when I was playing. <laughs> but it, uh, but it, I don't know. Whatever drives you to get you ready to be the great, the greater you, man, you should do it. And if you hold yourself to a high standard. And a high, just a high standard. I'm talking about elite standard. And I think you're going to be mad at yourself. You're going to be a little edgy. I mean, in a locker room setting, it'll get frustrated at some time. But like I say, you just got to learn that aspect of not thinking out loud. So guys like us won't be able to be so Hmm. opinionated about his, you know, his display. With this team this year, obviously since Kyrie leaves, Kemba Walker comes in. There have been more changes on both sides to that, but there's been kind of a, a rebirth for this franchise. And, you know, it's it's make the Celtics fun again, and they've been so much fun to watch. Ten straight wins would yeah. be 11 if, if Marcus yeah. Smart's floater fell in Sacramento. What do you think this team's ceiling is? How good can, can these C's be? You know what I like, man? I like, I like these guys love playing with each other. I know we just got through talking about Kyrie. We know how those the team played when he wasn't playing uh, last year. Well, well, yeah, last year when those guys were saying Kyrie, a ball stopper and all that. I know, yeah. Are you familiar with that, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Well, with that being said, like, you can see it this year. Like, they're free. They're, it's like they're, 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 they're enjoying the mode. You look at guys like Jalen Brown. You know, they they were looking at him like an inconsistent scorer at one point. Now, 
you're looking at him like, yo, he he left some money on the table. He probably should have got 150. Right. The way he's playing. Uh, Jason Tatum, I like his poise. He's keeping those guys uh, motivated to come through him. He's running the lane. He's getting buckets. Uh, he's shooting the, the ball well from three. Hard and soul, Marcus Smart, he come back, locking everything up. And then Kimball Walker has shown that, hey, man, I can mix it up. I'm, I can go I can go to playground-style basketball when they give it to me, or I can play in this great system that Coach got for me to, you know, make cuts, make plays off the pick and roll, get others involved. And I think guys on that team are back happy again. I think they're enjoying the game of basketball, and it's showing and they play. Like you say, if Marcus hit the floater, you know, hey, they just still have, you know, a win streak going. But, man, they, the Celtics, I, I, I see them in the – I want to say – I don't want to go ahead of myself and say, you know, I'm going to see them in the finals. But the way they're playing right now, I, for sure, I'm, if I had to put my money on, I'd say, hey, those guys will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Does this team have a Tony Allen? Yes, Marcus Smart. They got an Oklahoma State Cowboy. That's my boy. <laughs> you know they got a, 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 a Cowboy over there, man. So I don't yeah, need to Marcus ask you your Smart. favorite player on the team then. Man, the heart and soul, man. That engine don't go without the heart and soul, man. Hey, Oklahoma, go Cowboys. Go Pokes. <laughs> Let's go Pokes. Yeah, man, you getting me excited right now, man. I, I, I definitely like the Celtics this year, man. Uh, it's just their energy, man. The energy they playing with. Man. I was watching, watching those guys. I'm saying to myself, like, these I ain't seen nobody brown. I'm seeing everybody smile. They high fiving, cheesing at each other. Oh man, they back. They rejuvenated. I'll mix in some questions I got for you on Twitter just while we're chatting here because they're obviously a whole bunch came in on on Marcus. I won't give you all of them, but some of the. Uh, you know, re- remove yep. remove the bias because because you love smart, I love smart too. But re- you know, removing personal affinity, Lloyd wants to know: Is Marcus Smart the best defender in the league today? Marcus Smart is the best. You know, I would have to give a toss up between him and Pat Bear. Although Russell Westbrook just uh, annihilated his defense with, hmm. with his comment, but. Uh, I would have to say yes, I would, and I would have, to, and not not being biased neither, simply because you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this: the way I played the game back in the day, you know, we could actually use our forearm as an armbar for guys who who were bigger than us, posting up or beating us off the dribble, right? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can't even put your forearm on nobody. You got to actually have your arms spread wide, your feet ready to move laterally. And you have to be agile to stay in front so you won't get crossed over. And I think Marcus has done a great job uh, of doing that. I mean, his footwork, uh, his timing and knowing how to put the brakes on when you stop as a as a ball handler, contest shots. Uh, I think he, he, he do a great job of that without fouling. And I think – you know him score him him scoring is a plus, but him keeping his opponent under under some of their scoring averages, uh, I think he's the the guy well equipped for that, and he's been doing a wonderful job this year. You may have just answered this question, but I'll ask it anyway in the event that it's something different. Pat wants to know what's a part of Marcus Smart's defensive game that the casual fan might not see, but's very impressive. Okay, and then and you're right, I did answer that. Uh, uh, he. He he doesn't he doesn't fall into the guy's ball handle. I kind of think he's this guy's. I mean, this is just me knowing defense. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm thinking he was watching this guy the the, the opponent's waist. So that because if you watch smart, he always loaded low with his legs, ready to move laterally and. He never really gets beat. If he gets beat, he always recovers. He puts on his brakes to turn around. Because you, mind you, when somebody blows past you, you can't put your forearm on them to, to slow them down from to slow them down from like making the play or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what would, what you would have to do is is be quick enough to actually run in the direction he's going in, stop, 
with your feet plant and contest, I think that's one of the hardest things to do as a defender when you can't put that arm bar there. So I, I'm rolling with the Cowboys, man. This is a good one for my producer, Evan. You versus Marcus Smart one-on-one. Who scores first? No, no points ever get scored. There's <laughs> never had nothing. <laughs> zero to zero. <laughs> <laughs> for all eternity. I'll see you tomorrow, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. You know, talking about your defense, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, Kobe Bryant scored third most points in NBA history, more than LeBron, at least as of now, more than Jordan, clearly. What's it mean to you when he says that you're the toughest defender that he ever went up against? Oh, man, it was – I can't even front. It was flattering. It was flattering, man. I kind of smiled. I cheesed a little bit. And the reason why I did that, not because I know Kobe or not because, like, all right, everybody in the world is like – Wow, Kobe gave you shoes and signed them and said you the best. Man, Kobe Bryant never said a word to me. Hmm. Like we never spoke a conversation. Like, like, like if he if 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 he did say something to me, he'll he'll just be like, "Oh, good defense." And he'll just. But even when he did that, I, me personally, I never wanted to have a conversation with him. I never wanted to talk to him. Like, like he was my, let's just say, he was my litmus test on the defensive end to see why, mm-hmm. to see why I need to be. And I say that because I stuck Paul Pierce in practice every day. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. For seven years, I stuck Paul Pierce every day in practice. And my whole thing was, if I could stick Paul Pierce every day of practice. I'm not going to shut him down. I'm not going to stop him. But for sure, for sure, these reps that I'm getting to defend Paul Pierce is is the best sparring partner ever. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So so ultimately, we, we knew we had to go through the Lakers. I remember one time playing an early preseason Laker game. We played all our guys. We lost Doc Rivers putting getting a hundred dollars from everybody in the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. Saying if we're gonna win the championship, we're gonna have to go through the Lakers. We all took the hundred dollars in the locker room, right? Put the hundred dollars in the box. Now imagine you in these locker rooms, you could push the ceiling up and you can actually yeah. put something. So okay, we pushed the ceiling up, put the money in the box, and said we ain't gonna touch it. We're going to have to win in L.A. to win a championship, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we went on and did it. We went on and did it. That Dan box is right where you guys left it? Exactly. It was right where we left it. But the, I'm not saying that to say that. My point is, all the way until that time, I was trying to prepare to lock down COVID. You know what I mean? I was trying to prepare – to understand his moves, to understand what a what a prolific score thinks like, and who was better uh, litmus test to do that to with Paul. So okay, Paul, Paul is giving me all the step backs, the pull up jumpers, corner threes, going to the basket, trying to dunk on me. Who? What better test to get it firsthand? You get what I'm saying? He's a Hall of Famer, Paul Pierce. So what made you so, so uh, you know obviously other than going up against Paul and and having that be incredible practice and and studying video just to, in terms of like tactics you know what what tactics did you use what made you so successful against Kobe you think that's what I'm trying to get to with with defending Paul like I just I just figured if I could stick Paul every day in practice there's no reason why I can't and sure. it just so happened we went to L A and you know we put that up there. And, it just dawned on me, like, okay, I need to be getting ready for Kobe Bryant every day, so I need to be as efficient as I can on defense. And the more throughout the years, more like more throughout the years when I would play him, I would I would watch film, I would I would key in just specifically on what he's doing in transition, what he's doing in the post, and things of that nature. And it carried over in the game when I played him because you look back now and he's saying I'm the best defender that ever ever did it. Only credit I could give to is is Paul because 
he put that battery in my back to believe that, hey, if I could stick him, I could stick anybody. You know what I mean? And it just was overwhelming that Kobe actually said something to me. I'm like, we never talked in the in the heat of the battle. It's like he was screaming more for the ref to get me up off of him <laughs> and wondering why they not calling foul, which I probably was fouling him. But, hey, he was doing a – a good job of pushing me off, elbowing me, elbowing me in my stomach before he tried to get open and things of that nature that the ref didn't see. I would never complain. I would never call for help. It's just me and him. It's me and him. That's how it is in practice with me and Paul. It's just me and Paul, no help. I have to defend him myself. So that's the initiative I took when I, when I stuck Kobe Bryant. I took it personal. Like, yo, this is the guy. This is the guy you, you go – you, this is the guy you got to at least – you ain't going to stop him, but you at least got to slow him down a little bit for us to have a chance. And that was just the battery right there, man. Every time I played against him, man, I, I'm talking about from the tip. I want to steal it every time from him. I want to I contest every time. And in his mindset, I'm pretty sure he was thinking, hey, I'm going to give me a bucket every time. Uh or a six or a foul. So, with that competitive edge going against each other, man, I, I can't say nothing. But, hey, man, I miss those battles. We got this question from Eric, which uh, maybe the answer's Kobe. Maybe it's somebody else. What would you consider the best defensive game you ever played? Does one stick out in your mind? The best defensive game I've played? Uh, it's a lot of them, man. Yeah, they're, they're all of them. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a lot of them, man. Um uh, I would have to say, I have to say, uh, Oklahoma City series, uh, with Durant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of, I kind of made things difficult for him. Um, and that was probably the, and I was kind of surprised that you know I, I was able to have that success with a guy that tall, seven foot, you know, he came out later and said, I was one of the best defenders that he had faced too. So, I mean, these guys, these guys that, that we're talking about, man, it takes so much effort and energy to try to like contain or like try to even stay in front of, man. It's, it's, mm-hmm. These guys are highly talented. So you guys are asking me stuff like, man, it all took work, like, like real work. Like as far as I would say homework, because I would go home sometimes with the laptop. I mean, with my laptop and have a copy of the game, the mm-hmm. upcoming game. And it's just a lot of it's a lot of groundwork, man. But they all take a load, man. Trust no one. No one is harder than the other. Those prolific scores, all stars, Hall of Famers, man. You go. You gonna have, definitely have to get your rest. We got a couple questions from uh, Dave and Seth, and and they're similar so I'll just kind of mix them together and and let you go but they're both about the ACL injury that you suffered back in uh, Uh, 07 and that was it you know looking back I I could hear the the grimace in your voice already looking back there was right before you got hurt because Paul Paul was already down there was a I don't remember 10-15 game run something like that where you were averaging 20 points I mean you were really coming into your game offensively 22 points to be exact 22 points so there you go I don't need to tell you so, okay. so David wants to know: Do you feel the ACL injury that you suffered changed the trajectory of your career or role on a team at all? And and Seth, just building on that, it felt like when you did come back, obviously elite defender, but you never really focused on scoring again once you returned. Is that true? Man, that is correct. And whoever asked that question, man, they sound like a real Tony Allen fan, man. Uh, well, after my ACL, man, it was it was right then and there I knew. I had to I had to revitalize my game because I wasn't as agile, I wasn't I wasn't as, you know, quick on my feet. I wasn't I wasn't I was I just didn't feel as if I was gonna blow right past you every time I got the ball. So what I did was I locked in with my strength and conditioning coach. He just and, and that was his name at the time, it was Brian Duke. Mm-hmm. One of the um, self yeah, be do, uh, yeah, strength and conditioning guy. And uh, I just pretty much put my career and my strength in all in his hands. I said, 
yo, I need my body to be the best strength that it could be. And uh, I kept in tune with him. Even when I left and went to uh, Memphis, uh, I, I just focused on strengthening my leg, eating right, putting the right fluids in my body, vitamins. And I just told myself that I'll never, ever eat no fast food burgers or no while I'm playing ball. And and I think that was just part of me even saying, like, you know, just not eating right. I mean, it, it'd be times I, I I would eat one, I would get a home-cooked meal, and then my mother would leave sometimes, and then now I'm jumping up after a, a long nap and running to McDonald's to get a, a happy meal and then going to play <laughs> at the game. I was young. I didn't understand a lot of that stuff. Uh, but far as your questions changing my game i always thought i could score i always thought i was a score but you when you hurt yourself you gotta you gotta reinvent yourself i knew for a fact i couldn't jump as high as i could i couldn't move laterally quick as i could so i focused in on the defensive things i, I strengthened my body and i just said you know what I'm, I'm gonna go this route i'm gonna do all the little things that the pro prolific scores are not doing like you don't see too many superstars diving for loser balls you don't see too many superstars taking charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't. You don't. You don't see too many superstars just trying to go out their way on that end. Period. So one day, uh, Doc Rivers just had told me he was like, "Man, if you want to get on the floor, man, you need to be doing everything that Paul Pierce isn't doing." And I said, "Okay." I put it together when I got back to my room. And I said, I'm going to be the best glue guy I can be for the rest rest of my career. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, if this is going to be my niche, if this going to keep me in the league, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the best at it. And I focused in at it. Like, it hurt me every year that I didn't make first team all defense. Like, that's, that's, how, that's how passionate I was about the defensive end. Like, you know, you got a lot of guys looking forward. I mean, I'm looking forward to making the all-star team. Oh yeah, I'm or, or, or I'm looking forward to being all NBA. No, I want to be all. I want to be the every year the best defender on the perimeter. Is did you ever miss yeah. the uh, you know the twenty two points a game that you know that run or or as no, you reinvented see, yourself the the like, other I, stuff became more thrilling. Yeah, the defensive side of things became more thrilling. I like I was kind of getting a kick out of seeing guys frustrated. Average, I, like yeah, that's good. You asked it. I was getting a kick out of guys looking like, yo, I got Tony Allen tonight. <laughs> or he got me tonight. Oh, man, it's going to be a long night. And they don't get their average. Like, I was I was on a, a run like, yo, what's his average? What he average? Okay, he won't get it. I was – it was more – I got more riled up to do that as opposed to, you know, we were losing at the time too. So it was like 22 points was kind of – what kind of it was kind of like a little shaded because we wasn't trying to win anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the like the New Orleans Pelicans right now. Like you you're not going you're not looking for them to be in the West Conference Finals right now, but you want them to be fun to watch, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it is you had a, you had a lot of young guys, me, Al Jefferson, Rajon Rondo, who wasn't Rondo at the time, Delonte West, Justin Reed, Kendrick Perkins, Sebastian Telfair, Gerald Green. You know, at the time we were all under 22. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So Practically like, a college team. Like college team pretty much. And we just out here playing playing free. And I was able to, you know, get those points off. But the organization didn't look at it like, oh, okay, this is our next phenomenon. You know what I mean? They all, I think they always saw me as a defender. And I, I came in front. I took full pride in being a defender, man. Like, I hated getting scored on. I hated getting dunked on. I hated the three ball to hit in my face. I hated for somebody even to cross me over. And I took that type of energy every day to fix my body enough to where I won't get hurt and I'm going to be able to fight through any screen. I'm going to take any screen that come my way. I'm busting through it. And it's going to be a competition within a competition at the two-guard spot, a game within the game. You know? There's a a kid on this year's team. I call him a kid. I mean, he's 26, I think. But Javante Green, who Danny Ainge has said 
you know, it's been written about in the Globe that he wants Green to model his game after yours. You know, tough, gritty defender. I don't know how much you know about him and and his story, his his rise to the league to even to even make it here in the first place. But then to have that comparison made, you know, are you familiar with him? His his potential? No, I can't say that right off the back that I'm I'm, I'm familiar with him, but. Uh, any guy that Danny Ainge is trying to put in the light of Tony Allen, it sounds so funny to me. <laughs> it sounds so funny to me because he is Danny Ainge, right? And I used to, and it's funny because Danny Ainge, I used to always ask him about his job and things of what he do. You know, you know, try to just ask, just, you know, inquiring man want to know, like, yeah. what does he do every day for his job? And one day, Danny Ainge told me, yeah, man, I'm looking for somebody to replace you. <laughs> that's my job every day I was like wow so now just to hear that coach, that Danny ain't said that he finally found this guy man. so congratulations to that but uh, I don't know and, and, and signing up for that job man it's, it comes with not being discouraged like you gotta be able to have enough skin to get dunked on you gotta have enough skin to get crossed over and fall and you gotta have enough skin tough enough skin to, to know, hey, it's a 48-minute game, and I'm not going to get discouraged. Each, each, each minute is a, is, is a point off your energy bar, and I have to stay up with full stamina. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's how I Vi- video that's game how rules. My <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was my mindset, so I don't know, man. Well, if you want, I look. I mean, it's not like you don't know how to get a hold of uh, Danny and those guys. If you want to reach out to Javante Green, maybe offer him some some tidbits, some advice. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Man, hey man, I'm willing to do that, man. I might I might follow him on uh, Instagram or Snapchat right now. So there you go. Just to get him. There was a. Um, do you you know speaking of social media, do you hear much from C's fans in in your mentions or anywhere else? If you bump into somebody, because I mean, you're still viewed around here as as one of the ones that got away you know just so popular in your time here that you know great that that you had this really nice run and 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 the grind father and and came into your own in a lot of different ways in memphis but as celtics fans we you know we hated seeing you go yeah man i hated i didn't want to leave trust me i didn't want to leave uh but you know my wife is from boston you know we visit we visit every so often uh, you know, she come back to family reunions, you know, seeing the fam in the summertime. Mm. And every time I come into Boston, and that's exactly what I hear, Tony Allen, we love you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Got to feel so good. I, yeah, so that feel good, man. It always brings back good memories, man. It's just like, just a deep breath, man. It's like, yo, that's what, that's what, that's what it was about, man. That's what it was all about, man. Just... Bringing that, bringing that championship home from the home for the home team, and man, it's just love. It's, it's even till this day, man. So, flatter. I know, obviously, you know, you mentioned Doc a few times. Clearly, still close with Doc. You and uh, KG told this story earlier this year doing radio about Austin Rivers, Doc's kid, showing up to a practice when he was in high school, challenging KG to a game, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously got. Pummeled, but you guys talking about just the confidence when when he was, I think, still a junior. You know, this guy's going to be in the league. What do you think of Austin yeah. working the refs to get his dad teed up last week? Oh, Austin Rivers, man, hey, that is, has to be one of the funniest things, man. Because I know both of those guys, man. I watched Austin grow. Uh, obviously, Doc coached me. He was so hard on. Probably thought he was my dad, but uh, <laughs> just to see that. He could have he, he could take advantage of, of having a little fun with his dad. You know, ultimately we pose and respect our elders at all times. But this was like <laughs> a perfect time. This was like a perfect time to do some ton. And uh it was funny, man. Real smooth. I liked it. Uh but I know like he said, like he said on his Instagram, dinner uh, Thanksgiving dinner is going to be real yeah. silent. <laughs> so, hey, man, he just started something. And, uh, oh, dad always would get the last laugh, I believe, in that case, man, when you when you look at their roster. Uh, I kind of like the Clippers, man. But it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. So kind of going full circle, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here. But uh, 
you know, so many guys from from that C's era that you were here have have gone on to find good success in media. You know, KG doing his thing there when when he had Area Twenty One, obviously Paul on a national stage. Now Perk, who uh, has has really become a media star, doing a lot of ESPN, Fox Sports, uh, uh, even, even locally. You know, I don't know if you know this, Brian Scalabrini is in Boston. He's working the TV broadcast. One of his producers. Uh, Max yeah, hit me yeah, up. Yeah, he, yeah, Max said to me, "This was his question for you. Very <laughs> to be interpreted however you want." He said, "Max just wants to know the truth about Scal." Scalabrine, that's one right. Of the best one on one of the best king of the court, one on one players I know. Is that right? Scalabrine, he played king of the court one on one. Man, he's getting a bucket on anybody, anybody, even Tony Allen, anybody, even Tony Allen. <laughs> That sounds like hype. Scalabrini, man. The best <laughs> one-on-one score in the king of the court, man. Hey, man, don't nobody want no smoke with Scalabrini. It's like he paid you off before I even asked the question. No, that's my boy, man. I love Scalabrini, man. Um, Scalabrini was one of those guys, man, who who kept the locker room alive, you know. Uh, he always was cheering for the guys. Uh was always ready, stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Boston fan favorite. Uh and all his work ethic. That's what we don't talk about. Scalabrini's work ethic. Uh the guy comes in, gets his work in, sprints on the bike, sprints on the on the treadmill. Uh and these at the times sometimes he didn't play. These at these at the times where, you know, he would go maybe three, four, five games with not playing, but one thing for sure, too, for certain, he always been a professional, and that's my homeboy on Bootsu. I miss you, Scal. So next media star, Tony Allen. I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to work I'm trying to work that man, Tony Allen. I want to be the I want to be the grandfather in the sports world, man. I want to I, I, in the sports radio world. I want to just want to grab, man. You know, so you see how it go. Well, it's a great pleasure having you on this show. Uh, hopefully I didn't keep you too long, but this was a ton of fun going down no, memory did. lane. I enjoyed it. Yeah, much love, man. My son right here, he cool. He, he just he, he ready to go to school right now, but he had to wait. <laughs> I, I know. I got to pull up YouTube, start to uh, watch all the Tony Allen highlight reels. Most of them the yeah, defensive man. gems hey. against Kobe. Yes, indeed, man. Hey, they fun to watch. Tune in. <laughs> Tony Allen, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. All right, much love, man. Thanks for having me, man. How much fun was that, huh? I, I got to go back and listen to it again. All truth, there's, there's just so many stories, and uh, we're definitely going to have to have Tony Allen on the show again because that was that was a blast. We're going to get Perk on again too because uh, you know as long as he isn't too much of a big shot there with ESPN, you know we got him before he really blew up. Hopefully he'll come back on and uh, remember us little people. This is great. Today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Thanks again to Tony, to uh, my producer Evan, to Nick, Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media, most especially, of course, you. We welcome your feedback. Get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman, and uh, find us on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Search Celtics or Celtics Beat. It'll pop right up. Get us on Stitcher, everywhere else. And, of course, the shows do get tweeted out. And subscribe to the CLNS Media YouTube page as well. show will be posted there along with a whole bunch of sound from the locker room and uh, all of our reporters out Doing a great job, always hustling the grind people of uh, of CLNS. All right, Gino, get us out of here. <laughs>